welcome back everybody to the NFL show. We want to apologize to our viewers and our listeners. Sorry for our uh, technical difficulties. Abdullah's back with me to talk about some NFL news. So we are talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. If you just are joining now, so uh, tell me again and tell me uh, if you think the Chargers are going to keep Corey Legion. Well, it's it's interesting because I, I think they're going to try and bring him back mainly because he's been he's a good fit in their defense and the interior defensive line is kind of thin right now. I think they just lost Darius Phylon, I think is his name. Yeah, they just lost him to the Cardinals and they still kept Brandon Meebane, which is good. Yeah, so I think they're going to try and keep him, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in the first round they go after a Christian Wilkins, maybe a Dexter Lawrence, somebody to sort of shore up the interior defensive line. But I think they're going to try and bring him, do, do everything they can to bring him back. Yeah, they'll do everything they can to bring him back, even though they declined his contract option. So with that being said, when it comes to the Chargers, when I have them picking – when it comes to their draft pick at 28, I have them drafting uh, Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle from Washington State, a guy that could play on the opposite side of uh, Russell Okun. Yeah, I mean, if if he's available at that point, I think that would be a great, great pick for the Chargers. It's just really a question of, is he going to be available? The thing is, the Chargers need to draft the right tackle. I expect them to because I think, I think Philip, I know Philip Rivers wants to play for, for, for a little while. So I think, I think you got to add a right tackle to kind of protect that offensive line because, you know, the Chargers are going to be a pass first offense. But they'll, they're, they're balanced. They're a balanced team that could want to pass first or sometimes they want to run the ball first. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right tackle is also a big need for them because you play in the same division as the Denver Broncos who have Von Miller. So you're going to have to face him twice a year. And, and most, teams in the, most of the good teams in today's NFL have two good pass rushers, one on each side. So you need, you need to have a good right tackle to block the other edge rusher the teams usually have. So, yeah, if, if they can get someone like him available, if someone like him is available, I can definitely see them picking him. Yeah, that's why I have the Chargers going after Andre Dillard at 28. Yeah, absolutely. That would be, that'd be a great pickup for them. Yeah, so now that being said, uh, now that being said, um. I let's also talk about some pro days. So uh, we, I saw Dwayne Haskins' pro day. He looked really good. Expect the Giants to draft him to kind of learn under Eli. And I kind of changed my mind on my mock draft and who I have the, uh, who I have the uh, what you would call this, who I have the Dolphins drafting because I think Josh Rosen will end up being a Washington Redskin. I have the Dolphins going Drew Locke. Well, I mean, only time will tell. Uh, I, I don't think Rosen gets traded to, to the Redskins because they're already traded for Case Keenum, which to me kind of indicates that they're not really a big fan of this year's quarterback draft class. So they're just looking for a fill-in for this year. They're probably going to want to draft the quarterback next year. Um, and I feel like any team that trades for Josh Rosen, they're going to trade for him with the uh, intentions of making him their long-term starter. Like, they're not just going to trade him for to be, like, a, a short-term answer at quarterback. So, that's why I don't think the Redskins would be a good fit. I, the Dolphins would make a lot of sense. Um, I just think they probably wouldn't make 
they probably wouldn't trade for him because they want to keep their draft pick because they're a rebuilding team. So I don't really, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, as far as Haskins going to the Giants, um, it's it's interesting. I mean, it could happen. It's just for some reason, I just feel like the Giants are not going to pick a quarterback in the first round this year, just because all the moves that they've been making sort of indicates that they're committed to Eli for at least one more year and they're just going to ride it out. Whatever happens, happens. So they're probably just going to pick the best offensive lineman prospects available and probably the best defensive line prospects available. So you don't think Dwayne Haskins will be a giant because you're thinking that the, the, the Dolphins will tank for Tua and the Giants will tank for Lawrence. I mean, tank, I, I mean, that's possible. I think, though, that's a really hard thing to sell to your fan base, though, because if they're to tank for Trevor Lawrence, then you're basically ha- you're going to have to tank for two years straight. And Giant fans aren't accustomed to the Giants tanking two years in a row and not only two, tanking two years in a row, but consistently picking in the top five. The Giants don't usually do that. So that's a really hard sell to the fan base. And also, if they're going to go that route, they're going to have to get rid of pretty much everyone on that roster, including Saquon Barkley. And I don't think there's any way you can sell that to your fan base. Yeah, I don't think the Giants are going to get rid of Saquon. Yeah, but the only reason I brought that up was because he's he's going to help he's going to keep them in games. And in order for them to get Trevor Lawrence, they'd have to get the number 1 pick. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. So now our my question of the day for you for your uh, Jets is with Le'Veon Bell on board in the Big Apple, are the New York Jets playoff bound in 2019 as a wild card team or no? I see them contending for a wild card spot, but if I had to guess right now, I mean, it's a little bit early because I got to see how the draft goes. Like for me, a, a lot of a lot of my expectations for the Jets are riding on how the draft goes. If they do a good job with the draft, it can change my expectations for them going to the next season. But I, as of right now, I'm at least expecting them to make a run out of a wild card spot, but the way that the roster is presently constructed, I don't think that they would get into the playoffs. What were you saying? I, I, I think as, as far as the way the roster is currently constructed, I don't think the Jets would be a playoff team. They got much better via free agency, but they're still not, they're not a playoff team in my opinion. So what else do the Jets have to address? Do you think they're going to, do you think they need a, a right tackle like the Chargers do, or or they're pretty much set with their offensive line and getting Osemele? Well, they need a center. That That's probably their biggest need on the offensive line. We could use an upgrade at right tackle, even though Brandon Shell was playing a little bit better before he got hurt towards the end of the season. But I wouldn't mind an upgrade there. Uh, we need another corner opposite Tremaine Johnson. I know a lot of people are going to say Tremaine Johnson got four interceptions last year, but I just feel... And maybe being a little biased because I wasn't a big fan of the signing, but I feel like we could use another corner opposite him. Um, and obviously, edge rusher is probably our biggest need on defense. So, yeah, the Jets still have a lot of holes to fill. I still have the Jets in my mock draft. We're using their third pick on Quinn Williams, the, uh, the, the, the defensive tackle from uh, from the defensive tackle from uh, from Alabama to pair with Leonard Williams. And do you think that do you see the Jets using one more defensive tackle? Because 
because because Greg Williams could use another one to, because I want to know if he's running a three four or a four three. Well, he, he the Jets have come out and say they're sticking with the three four, but in reality it, that doesn't really matter as far as like a team running a three four or four three because teams really run both in today's NFL. Um, most teams in their nickel defense most of the time anyway, almost 70% of the time, probably even more. So really, as far as when you're drafting, at least for me personally, I, my, in my opinion, you should be looking to get the best players available. It's up to the coaching staff to put players in the right position to succeed. And they, they should cater their scheme to meet the player's skill set. As far as Quentin Williams being picked number three by the Jets, I wouldn't mind it. I think it would be a great pick. We'd be, we would be getting one of the best defensive players in the draft. I just feel like long-term, the, the strategy for the Jets should be to trade down. Obviously, they'd have to find a team to trade down with. But I personally think they should trade down, get more draft picks, especially since we gave up a bunch of draft picks to trade off for Sam Donald last year get some of those picks back, so to speak, and then we can get, we can get a player that's probably 70 to 80% the player Quentin Williams is and also meet and also fill multiple holes at the same time. And then I saw the latest mock draft that a New York reporter predicted where who you guys get at three. I disagree with the Jets getting Nick Bosa because I, I expect Nick Bosa to be a niner. I mean, honestly – at this point, really, we're all speculating, to be honest. It's all just a guessing game at this point. We never – we honestly – it's hard to tell what's going to happen because – and that's one of the reasons why I like the NFL draft. It's – you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, who would have thought the Bears would have traded up to draft Mitch Trubisky? And they only, they only moved up one spot to do it. So you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's unpredictable. Sometimes the NFL draft could be unpredictable, which is which is what may, which makes things pretty interesting here. So, for my early AFC East standings, I have the standings like this: I have the Patriots first place, sixteen and zero, and then the Jets second place. The third place team is the Buffalo Bills, and then obviously the Miami Dolphins in last place. So, sorry, Brian Flores, I I am excited about your future with the Dolphins, but it, they're not going anywhere this year. Sorry. Yeah, so you said you had the Bills in third place, right? Yes, Bills in third, and then your Jets in second. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because as of right now, as of right now, I think the Bills are a better team than the Jets. They have a better defense, and they they were able to, based on the moves they made in free agency, I feel like they got significantly better. So you can make an argument that the Bills are slightly better than the Jets right now. Uh, if I'm if I'm just being objective, um, yeah, the Jets got Le'Veon Bell, but they they still have a lot more holes they need to address. And I just I like the Bills. Their their defense wasn't really an issue. Their problem was the offensive side of all, and I feel like they did a pretty good job in free agency addressing that. You mean the Bills did a good job addressing their offensive line holes? Yeah, their offensive line holes. They got some wide receiver targets for for Josh Allen. Um, yeah, you can argue they overpaid for some, but I guess you can afford to do that when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. So, it, again, it's going to really come down to how the draft works out for both teams. Yeah, you're right. And also, I want to get your take on this. What do you think about Trevor Simeon being a Jet as a backup quarterback to Sam Darnold? 
Well, as a backup, I actually don't mind him. I think he's one of the better backups in the league. Um, going into the season, I think it, it's smart for the Jets to have a good backup quarterback considering Sam Darnold did miss some games last year uh, because of injury. So it's it's good to have a, a good backup. Obviously, you know you don't want it to come to that point where like Simeon has to play instead of Sam Darnold. You'd prefer for Sam Darnold to be on the field, which is which is why I, I think the Jets should have placed more of an emphasis on the offensive line and free agency. But we'll see. You know, maybe they find some guys in the draft that can fill those holes. But we should be doing everything we can to protect Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think the Jets are doing everything they can. I think uh, I think Sam Darnold is going to be a great quarterback for the uh, Jets. He has all the potential he has in this world. I think he's a top twenty quarterback in this league, and I also think uh, I also think I also think the Dolphins. I think that I think the Jets, in my opinion, I think they're going to draft a center when it, in the second round of the draft. Well, the thing is with the Jets, they don't have a second-round pick, so that's part of the reason why I want them to trade down because if they were to trade down with the team that's looking to trade up for a quarterback, they could potentially acquire a second-round pick. So they would have to wait until – if they don't trade down, they'd have to wait until the third round. And I'm sure there's some guys that they can get, but I just think it would, they'd be better off acquiring a second-round pick and, and drafting an offensive lineman – in that round as opposed to weighing in the third round or as opposed to weighing to the third round, just because you you don't know who's going to be there. Yeah. Because I, the jets need defensive help too, because I, I see them drafting Quinn and Williams to pair with Leonard Williams on that front end of the defense. And, and they got CJ Mosley too, which will help with their, with, with them getting to the quarterback as well, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, at first, I wasn't a big fan of the C.J. Mosley signing, but once I sort of looked at the details of the contract, it, it really it's essentially a three-year deal that's front-loaded. So what does that mean? Most of his guaranteed money is going to be given to him during his first couple of years. The Jets can technically cut him if they wanted to after his second season, and I think they would save around $5 million. But ideally, it would be best if they do it after his fourth year because I think they would clear up around like $15 million in cap space. So, yes, on, from an annual standpoint, they're paying him $17 million a year, but it's really, a, it's really a three-year contract, even though technically he's signed for five years. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I'm looking at this Jets roster right now, and you said they need a center, and I do think that – I also think the Jets are going to find a way to trade Darren Lee. If they find a par- trade partner for Darren Lee, the Jets could get a second-round pick in return. I mean, I would if if a team offered me a second round pick for Darren Lee right now, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I just don't think a team. I mean, it really depends. It's hard to tell as far as like trade value for players because the team that's trading for him matters as well. Because it, like, let's say it was a team like the Bengals, for example, they need help at linebacker. Now, I don't think they'll give up a second round pick for Darren Lee, but I could see a team like them who has a need at linebacker giving up potentially a second round pick for someone like a Darren Lee because. Not only – he's still young. He still has one more year on this contract after this season, and he still has the fifth-year option. So that makes him that, – that increases his trade value on the open market. Yeah. I mean, that, that could happen, but, but I, think, I, think, I think it'll be an interesting month and a half for uh, Mike McCagnan and the Jets and also for 
Christopher and Woody Johnson and what they decide with Darren Lee. But you think you think Mike McCagden will end up parting ways with uh, Darren Lee? I, I think that they kind of have to, just considering the position that they're in right now. Because even though Darren Lee is probably your most athletic linebacker, right now inside linebacker is probably a position of strength on the roster. So if you can get yeah, the Jets have Avery Williamson and they got C.J. Mosley, so they're in good shape in the inside linebacker position. I think they just need is they need some edge rushers too, and I think Mike McCagden knows that. And I know Mike McCagden doesn't want to part with Leonard Williams and also Jamal Adams. I think Mike McCagden is going to do other other is going to explore all these other options, and he could also be open to trading trading back in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I was that that was sort of my reasoning behind them trying to move on from Darren Lee because try to get something for him now, maybe a draft a, a second or third round pick. You can use that draft pick, maybe parlay that pick and another pick to move up in the draft or just having more picks gives you an opportunity to to address other positions. Yeah, I'm just do, I'm just using it from a uh, Jets fans perspective and what they, what their positions are. But you still think that I, in my opinion, I do think the Jets will be a second place team. But like you said, they still have a long off season ahead of them, and that they have a lot of holes to fill. But you think they could accomplish this in the draft? I mean, I I think they can accomplish it. It's just really, it's kind of one of those wait and see situations where you just kind of have to see how it's going to work out. Um, We'll know better, you know, as we get closer to the draft because um, I don't see the Jets making it. Like, if, if they were to trade the number three pick, it's going to be a draft day trade. It's not going to be like last year how, like, when the Jets traded up to three, they did it, like, before the draft. So we'll see as far as when that trade happens. But I think a lot of it has – it just really has to come down to – it's going to – come down to what the Niners do because I think if a team's going to trade up for a quarterback, either a Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins, they're probably going to trade up to number two because assuming, let's say, Kyler Murray goes number one, there's a t- you're not going to trade up to number three because you don't want to risk another team jumping you to number two and drafting the quarterback or drafting Dwayne Haskins. So, it's really going to be – It's a lot of it is contingent on what the Niners do with their second pick. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but here's what I think. The, when it comes to the third pick in the draft, I think Mike McCagden should be on the phone and ask another team like, hey, like the Giants, for example. He should be on the phone with Dave Gettleman and ask him, hey, uh, can we, uh, trade? Can we uh, trade back with your pick so that we have more draft picks in return? True. I mean, the Giants would probably be a team that's interested in trading up for a quarterback. I guess sort of an outlier pick, a, a team like the Bengals could possibly, you know, with them just recently hiring Zach Taylor, a young offensive mind, maybe he wants his guy at quarterback. They could potentially trade up. Maybe the Dolphins. There's a lot of teams out there in the market for a quarterback. I guess it's really just going to come down to what kind of deal it would take for my Mike McCagden to pull the trigger and trade down. So it's really going to come down to value and we'll see as the draft approaches. And I also think Adam Gase 
who you guys hired this year as the head coach. I think he's going to do a tremendous job in his first year as the head coach of the Jets. I think he's the right head coach for the Jets because obviously you need help. You need to develop Sam Donald. I thought Todd Bowles was the right head coach because of his leadership. He's a good defensive mind, but it just didn't work out for, for Coach Bowles. Well, we'll see. I mean, only time will tell, but the problem with Adam Gase was never like his X's and O's. His problem was like the relatability to the players. Todd Bowles kind of had that problem too. Like they're both great X's and O's guys. Like their football knowledge is second to none. It's just being a head coach in the NFL is more than just being really like knowing a lot about football. You have to be able to relate to your players. You have to be able to put your players in the right position to succeed, not just on the field, but off the field. You have to have that somewhat of an emotional connection with your players, not too emotional because it is a business at the end, at the end of the day, but you want to be able to connect to your players to some extent on an emotional level. And yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So now we got breaking news to talk about here that the Falcons and Julio Jones are closing in on a four or five year extension worth 20 million per year. So I think this I think the Falcons are doing the right decision are making the right decision here because you got to you got to you got to extend Julio Jones because Julio Jones is your number one receiver for the Falcons and and Julio Jones makes this Falcons offense go and he makes Matt Ryan better. I mean, those are all true statements. It's just, I guess I just don't like how, maybe I'm being a little bit old school here. I mean, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to leverage. As a player, if you feel like you have enough leverage on the team to you know, ask for more money and they're willing to pay, I mean, more power to you. I'm not going to knock someone for doing that. It's a business. You got to do what you got to do. Um, I just feel like, by with the Falcons now paying, granted Julio Jones is arguably the best receiver in the NFL. I just feel like when when you invest too much money into a select few players, it makes it really hard for you to fill other positions on the roster. And the Falcons right now have a lot of holes. Well, not a lot of holes. They have some holes on the team that they need to address. Now I know they 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 drafted a couple or they signed a couple offensive linemen in free agency who I'm not really a big fan of, and James Carpenter and Jamon, Jamon Brown. But it, I just feel like you've got Deion Jones' contract coming up. Are they going to be able to, you know, be able to sign all these guys? And I don't know. I, I've just always felt with wide receivers, as much as I love Julio Jones, the impact they have in the game is just not as great as a quarterback or uh, an offensive lineman or, or edge rusher. So we'll see. How, how it's going to turn out and if the Falcons can afford to bring back some of their other players. Yeah, we'll see about that. That's for sure. So, uh, so now that being said, uh, my final NFL thoughts are, uh, I think Blake Bortles is going to be a great backup quarterback to, uh, to uh, Jared Goff. I love the, I love the signing of Clay Matthews. And I think my Patriots have more offseason moves to, to handle because I think, I think now that they got Dorsett back, and I'm hearing that Jordy Nelson might be a Patriot, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, I guess so far my favorite move in free agency has probably been the Colts signing Justin Houston. I also like Tyron Matthew to the Chiefs, but I guess it just kind of shows you that sometimes a lot of teams jump the trigger or 
they just want to make that big splash in the first couple of days of free agency. But you can find some good players on the on the second or third days of free agency. If you kind of wait it out, you can still sign some good players. So it, it it's good to exercise some patience if you're if you're an NFL team as far as um signing free agents. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, um I'll, you have a good week. And we'll talk about next Friday. Alrighty, have a good one, Lorenzo.